0: you will this morning turn with me to our text, which is found in the Gospel of Luke, chapter 2, verse 30. That's Luke 2, verse 30. Very easy to read this morning. For mine eyes have seen thy salvation. Let us pray. Oh Lord, how good and how great thou art. I pray this morning, Lord, that you would be pleased to reveal to us what you revealed to Simeon so many years ago. O Lord, may you be pleased to clear our minds and our hearts and bring us to thy feet to be instructed. Lord, I pray this day for thy strength and thy clarity of mind that you would be pleased to bring forth the glory of thy gospel that indeed you would reveal to us which You revealed to Thy servant many years ago. For the praise and glory of Thee, in Jesus' name I pray, amen. Yes, these are the words of Simeon. He said, Mine eyes have seen Thy salvation. Oh, if we could only see what Simeon saw. Sometimes I think we look at salvation like we do democracy. You know, it's an abstract thing that we can't really quantify. Happiness. Something like happiness. But salvation for the child of God is not only something real and something felt. Salvation for the child of God is in the person of Christ. And I think as we go through our passage today and we see that Simeon took Christ up in his arms, he did not see a baby. He did not see a cross. He didn't even see the finished work of Christ on the cross. What he saw was the person of Christ what he saw was the lord jesus christ the lord's christ the lord's anointed that's what my prayer for you today is that's what my prayer for me today is to see the salvation what is salvation that must be defined for each one of us today and you know we're we're all different in this room we're all different ages some female, some male. You know, we have different ways that we look at things. We look at our views are, are, are different than one another's based on age and gender and 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 we look at things differently based on our situations in life and salvation for the child of God is a real, tangible, felt, understood. Not a place of mind, but a place of mind, heart, soul. And that place is not a place, it's a person. And that's what I hope that we can see and that the Lord opens the heavens this morning and and shows us the truth that's in this passage. So I was going to start in 25, but I think we'll we'll back up just to 21 where the whole thing takes place. So we'll see where it takes place. That's one important thing. And, and when eight days were accomplished for the circumcising of the child, that was a Jewish law. That was something that, once again, we see Christ even as an infant fulfilling the law. We see Him and His parents bringing Him to do what is lawful. On the eighth day, He is brought to the temple to be consecrated or to be circumcised. Or, and so, um, when those days were accomplished, His name was called Jesus which was so named of the angel before he was conceived in the womb. And when the days of her, her purification according to the law of Moses were accomplished, they brought him to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord. As I said, this, was, this is what was done. Um, he was brought there to present him to the service of the Lord. Isn't that something? The Lord is brought there to, to be in the service of the Lord. And verse 23 tells us, As it is written in the law of the Lord, every male that openeth the womb shall be called holy to the Lord, and to offer a sacrifice according to that which is said in the law of the Lord, a pair of turtle doves or two young pigeons. So that brings us up to to where we're headed in our text. So they're bringing Him to the temple. And now the focus of, of... of what we have is the spotlight is on the parents of Christ and Jesus as a baby and He's being brought to the temple and then the Holy Spirit leaves that that part and goes to this servant of Christ, one named Simeon. And that's what we pick up here in 25 in Luke chapter 2. And we see, And behold, there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon. And the same man was just and devout, waiting for the consolation of Israel. And the Holy Ghost was upon him. Now, I've read a lot this week trying to figure out who this Simeon was, and there's lots of speculation, of course. I mean, some of the historians tracing back to this and that, and, and everybody doesn't absolutely agree on who he was because there's nothing else written about him. Some believe he was a priest. Some believe that's why he was there in the temple. Some believe he was just what the Bible says. He was just a just and devout person. Meaning that he kept the law as the best that he could. He lived according to the ordinances. He did all but what we do know about Simeon. We may not know anything about his physical well-being. We may not know anything about what he did in his life. But we know he's got a hold in his soul. That's what we know the Holy Spirit tells us that He's waiting for something. He's waiting for peace. He's waiting to behold the Messiah. In all of His devoutness, in all that His justice, in all that He's been in His life, there's something missing. The Lord, the Holy Spirit, has brought Him to this place to meet His soul and to fill His soul. With the presence and the, the, the man Christ. It's a deep thought. Most of the time we read this account, we go right by that. Well, he's a just and devout man. But we miss the very importance of he was waiting on something. The consolation of Israel, which is, is a term used for the Messiah. But consolation means peace. He's waiting for the peace that was promised. He's sitting there in the place where the law is read. He's sitting in the place where sacrifices are brought. He said no doubt that He has performed and done those things many times in His life for sin. But there's something missing. And we're told by the Holy Spirit that it was the Holy Ghost upon him to bring him there. We'll see that here in a couple more verses. And it was revealed unto him by the Holy Ghost. There's no other way. Let that sink in a minute. Simeon had the Old Testament prophecies. Simeon had the Old Testament law. Simeon had everything that was written before in the Prophets. But what was revealed to him was revealed to him by the Holy Ghost. And it was revealed unto him by the Holy Ghost that he should not see death before he had seen the Lord's Christ. Let me tell you something, dear ones. Everyone in this room, if you are a child of God, the Holy Spirit will reveal to you or has revealed to you or has already shown you that you will never taste of death until you've experienced Christ. The child of God cannot be brought to heaven, cannot pass through the portal of death, cannot be left to Himself, cannot be left alone without the manifestation of Christ in His soul. It's a promise. It is a promise of our Lord and Savior. It is a promise of the Father. And as we see, it's a promise of the Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost said to this man who had lived all of these years, and we do believe he's an older gentleman, he'd lived all of these years in devout service. He had come to the temple many times, but he was missing something. The Holy Spirit had already revealed to him until you are revealed Christ, your life will not be fulfilled. Has that been revealed to you today? As I've already said, we've got many ages in this room. We've got many different walks of life. We all do different things. We all have different concentrations that we do in our life. But that's, that's what we do daily down here. That, if, if, you're, if you're the child of God... That's secondary. That's that's of, of, of less importance to you today than the salvation of your soul. And you know why? Because Christ has come to your soul and revealed that you must have Him before you die. You must experience Him in this life. The Holy Spirit must reveal to you the life and salvation in Christ alone in this life. Simeon, this one, is waiting a long time. And, and the beauty of this is is the Lord has preserved him throughout his entire life. And, ha, and the Holy Spirit has revealed to him that this is going to happen. It's as sure as the nose on his face. It's going to happen. You will not pass from this life until you have seen the Christ. Now, you and I don't see a physical manifestation of Christ. We don't. We, by faith, by the faith of the Son of God, by the faith that's a gift of God, we comprehend, we apprehend, we believe that He is We believe that He is the author and finisher of that faith. We believe that He is salvation. Not that He's going to be salvation. Not that it's an abstract thing. But that it is real. And that it is life. And that's what the Holy Spirit revealed to Simeon. You shall not see death before you had seen the Lord's Christ. And He came by the Spirit. Notice the language of the Holy Spirit in the writing of these words. Never leaving out the power thereof. Never leaving out the glory to where it belongs. Never leaving out to whose head the crown belongs on. And He came by the Spirit into the temple. And when the parents brought in the child Jesus, to do for him after the custom of the law. Then took him he him up in his arms and blessed God and said, Lord, now let us thou thy servant depart in peace according to thy word. Now picture what's going on. He's standing here. The parents of Jesus bring Him into the temple. Simeon's been promised. And Simeon is waiting. The psalmist said that. Wait, I say on the Lord. Wait for the day of the salvation. Wait for the Lord. How can He do that? We've told all the way through. By the power of the Holy Ghost. The power of the Lord to keep Him. And at the moment, this little baby is brought in, He doesn't see a baby. He doesn't see this one and whatever He's wrapped in or whatever it is and if He's crying or whatever. He doesn't see Him as a baby. He sees it as a fulfillment of a promise from His God that I will see the Christ. I will see the Anointed One. I will see... and we ta- well, that's what's in our text today. That's why the Lord... Impress this text upon me. He did not see a baby. He saw salvation. He saw salvation. What could Simeon need salvation from? He was just and devout. Well, guess what, dear ones? He needs salvation from the same things we do. That very thing that he was told that he would be waiting for and he would see the Lord before death is a fearful thing. The specter of death is a fearful thing. The specter of keeping the law and the penalty of the law is a fearful thing. The wages of sin is death. It's a fearful thing. There are many fearful things in this life. And Simeon, he took him up in his arms and he embraced him just like Jacob did when he wrestled with the angel and he wouldn't let him go. Because salvation was revealed to Jacob and salvation is revealed to Simeon. And it's not, as I said, abstract. It's real. It's I'm holding salvation. Salvation has come to my soul. I want you to understand this man was just and devout. You and I can be as just and devout in society. You and I can be just as devout and in our homes. We could be it in the workplace. We can be upright. We can walk upright and still have a hole in our soul. That hole is the salvation of Christ. And when that need is met, and when that hole is filled, then everything's okay peace and the consolation. The Messiah has come. And salvation is there for me. For you. For the Lord who reveals it by the power of the Holy Ghost. He took him up in his arms. He had such great contentment. He's been led of the Holy Spirit. Paul said in Romans 8.14, "...for as many as are led by the Spirit of God..." They are the sons of God. And they will be filled. Paul tells us in Timothy, 1 Timothy 6.6 6, that godliness with contentment is great gain. As he held this child, as he held salvation, as he embraced salvation, there's great contentment in his life because that's what he says. He said he took him up in his arms and blessed God and said, Lord, now let us thy servant depart in peace. I'm ready to go through that portal. I'm ready to live a life of peace because my soul has been filled. I know that He has died for me. This was a baby. What did Simeon see? We have so much in this time of year. We're inundated with a baby in a manger. We go and we we go by people's homes. We take great. Happiness when we see manger scenes and we say, wow, look at the baby. I've got one in my front yard. And every time I see it, I say, wow, what a great unspeakable gift the gift of this child is. But it's not the child. It's the person of Christ. It's Christ that fills my soul. It's not that piece of wood that He died on. That's a cursed piece of wood. It's not that hewn rock or that that tomb that's empty that people will flock and say we want to go see this we got to see this it's going to have a spiritual difference no it's not you don't command the Holy Ghost the Holy Ghost reveals Christ He reveals the person of Christ and the salvation that's in Christ alone that's what Jonah was brought to see in the belly of the whale Lord salvation is of the Lord You are salvation. We'll see Isaiah say that in a few minutes. Now let thy servant depart in peace according to thy word, thy promise. As you promised it to me, Lord, you have fulfilled that promise. All is well now. That hole has been filled. And then we come to our text. For mine eyes have seen thy salvation. My arms have held thy salvation. My eyes have seen thy salvation. <clears throat> David said this in Psalm 18.2. He said, the Lord is my rock. will want you listen to how packed full this little verse is. 18.2. The Lord is my rock and my fortress and my deliverer my God, my strength in whom I will trust, my buckler and the horn of my salvation and my high tower. The horn of my salvation. I've been lifted up from this earth. I've been lifted up from the life and the cares of this world and I've been lifted there by the person of Christ where my salvation is. And my salvation has been performed. And my salvation has been wrought out in the person of Christ. He later says in Psalm 27.1, The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? Salvation is from fear. We have so many... Fears. As I said, we have different ages and different things that affect our lives. And we have different fears. I have six in my home. We all have different fears than one another. Sometimes we we look at some that have fears that we don't have and we look at them and we go, well, how can you fear that? And then we got our own that everybody else looks at and goes, well, what are you fearing that for? There are fears. Just as that salvation is personal to every one of the children of God. We're saved from those fears because the Lord is the answer to those fears. The Lord is the answer to sin. The wages of sin is death, but the gift of God. But the gift of God is eternal life in his Son. We know what sin's wages are. It's scary. We know what the keeping of the law and the must-tos and have-tos is. That's what I want you to see about Simeon. I mean, you know, just and devout. You want people saying that about you when they run into you? Yeah, I know that guy. He's, he's just and devout in what he does. Those are very high compliments. I think all of us in here would say, wow, you know, if somebody said that about me, that would make us happy, or content, or, or thankful. Thank, thank you, Lord, that the, that they see that in me that is the light of you. But there was something missing. You and I, you know, we can be good and uh, do righteous things according to the world's eyes. But until the Lord Christ comes in the soul and performs all things for you. Now, mine eyes have seen thy salvation. Isaiah said it this way in Isaiah 12 1 and 2. And in that day <coughs> thou shalt say, O Lord, I will praise thee. Though thou was angry with me, thine anger is turned away, and thou comfortest me. Behold, God is my salvation. God is my salvation. I will trust and not be afraid for the Lord Jehovah is my strength. That's why we're not afraid. Because the Lord Jehovah is our strength and my song, he also this is he also is become my salvation. For Isaiah, it was not abstract, it was real. He's become my salvation. Christ is my salvation. You know what used to be my salvation? My intellect What used to be my salvation? My youth, my vigor, my strength. My ability to think. My ability to to do things in this life that that was a a good thing the world looked at. That was my salvation at one time. People were my salvation. Relationships were my salvation. Salvation. Sports at one time in my life was my salvation. Things become that to us in this life. That's the pollution of life. But when Christ comes, when He comes with great power and He fills that void, because all those things create a void. A void where we never have enough. Where we can never fulfill ourselves. See it every day. See it every day in the workplace. More, more, more. And it's never enough. There's never contentment. And all your days, if that's all you have, you'll strive to have more and build bigger barns and build bigger barns until that day when the Lord comes to you and says, you fool. And today I require your soul. You know what it'll be then. Two words. Too late. The Lord is salvation. It's not gonna be salvation. He's not a potential savior. He doesn't put you in a salvable state so that you can save yourself with a confession or obedience or the keeping of the law, or being just and devout. No. God is my salvation. He also has become my salvation. And all those things I mentioned, they can't save you according to this word. Acts 4.12 says that neither is there salvation in any other, for there is none other name under heaven given among men. Whereby we must be saved. No name. If your salvation is in another person, and that's all that takes up your thoughts, and that's all that you live for, and that's all that you do, and that's who's on your mind all the time. Something's wrong. I love my wife, she's the dearest person to me on this earth. But she's not more dear to me than Christ. We're joiners together in Christ. We're one. You know, but without Christ, we're nothing. You know how many times we've said that to each other in the 28-plus years of marriage we've had? If Christ hadn't united us together, what would have happened? What could have happened? Doesn't matter. He united us together. Let no man put us something. Christ. He's life. He is salvation. That's what Simeon saw. He didn't see a baby. You and I, my prayer for you, my prayer for me, boy, we're going to get caught up in a lot of things between now and then. Ten days. Ten days till Christmas. Some of us it may be work. Some of us it may be getting ready for the day. But you know what? All that according to the one who wrote... Under the power of the Holy Ghost is vanity. Vanity of vanities. But for the child of God, Christ is salvation. He's the, the hole filler. He's the one who makes life worth living. He's the one that 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 as, as he fills the soul, said, Lord, whatever you want to do with me, do it whatever pleases you. That's what sin, that's where He was brought. I'm ready, Lord. I'm ready. I've seen the, the, the Christ, the Son of the living God. Where else can I go? He has the words of eternal life. Are you a fearful person? There's only one that can take that fear away. It's His love. It, 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 it's embracing Christ. It's exactly what we see here. Mine eyes have seen thy salvation. Christ is the Gospel. Christ is life. I know we've got, as I've mentioned it ten times already, we've got different ages. I know it's it's not cool when you're young to say those things. It's not cool out there with your friends to say, you know what, life to me is something different, if that is in case the truth. Paul wrote in Romans 1 16 I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ do you know why he said that he tells us he doesn't leave us there he doesn't say well I'm just not ashamed of the gospel of Christ he tells us why for it's the power of God unto salvation it's the power of God in my soul that's what the gospel of Christ is that's why I'm not ashamed it's the power of God in me the hope of glory it's the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth to the Jew first and also to the Greek. And yes, I'm very thankful that it went to the Greek. and very thankful that it went to the Gentiles. That the gospel and the Lord came and, and it's not male or female or Jew or Gentile or bond nor free. That we're all one in Christ Jesus. The salvation He saves me with is the salvation He's going to save you with. And it's the same salvation. You know what it is? The Lord's Christ. The Christ of God. John wrote in Revelation 12.10, 10, I heard a loud voice saying in heaven, Now is come salvation and strength and the kingdom of our God and the power of His Christ. Now let me... don't If we just stop there, oh, what glory. He saw the kingdom of Christ. He saw the power of Christ. He saw the kingdom of our God. He saw it all, but that's not all. For the accuser of our brethren is cast down, which accused them before our God day and night salvation is salvation from the accuser who's accusing us in our minds and our hearts and says, this is going to happen to you if you do this. This is going to happen to you. Oh, you're not going to be cool. You're not going to do... No one's going to like you for this. And the Lord comes and puts that right down. Follow me. Follow me. That is salvation. Salvation. Salvation from sin. Salvation from Satan. Salvation from fear. Salvation from... And it's all bundled in one person. He's the answer to every bit of it. Christ and what He's done for His children. Christ and who He is to His children. Come unto Me, all ye that are heavy laden. Come unto Me, ye who are burdened. And I will give you rest I will I'll take that burden I'll take it right off your back because I am rest mine eyes have seen thy salvation which thou hast prepared before the face of all people we're going to go on now until we finish a light to lighten the Gentiles, praise God. And the glory of thy people, Israel. And Joseph and his mother marveled at those things which were spoken of him. They sat and they marveled at what Simeon said. That's the hey, when the when the Holy Spirit speaks through the through his people, what can we do but marvel? Oh what what, what powerful words. Oh Christ is salvation. And Simeon blessed them. And he said unto Mary, his mother, Behold, this child is set for the fall and rising again of many in Israel. Do you know that? You know that Christ is our breaker. You know that Christ must break down every one of His children to build them back up in Him. You know that Christ must be the one who, who empties us of self. You know, Christ is the one who who comes to his children and rescues them from the life that they live, that they think is so important, that they think is really life. This child is set for the fall and rising again of many in Israel and for a sign which shall be spoken against. Yea, a sword shall pierce through thine own soul also that the thoughts of many hearts may be revealed. You want to know what's going on in your heart right now after hearing a message like this? I can't tell you. But He can. He'll lay it open. He'll lay it open and He'll say, Thou art the man. He'll lay it open and say, Thou hast been forgiven. He'll lay it open and say, These are your thoughts today I've put them away. The psalmist said it this way in Psalm thirty-five, three: Draw out also thy spear and stop the way against them that persecute me and say unto my soul I am thy salvation. You need to hear that today? You need to hear that every day? I know I do. Lord as you stop the enemies and I got enemies within I got enough of them within that I don't even need to think about the ones without Lord stop them with a spear stop them with the ones that persecute me because Lord only you can but say unto my soul I am thy salvation say that to my soul Lord, for your only you are the only salvation for your children I thought about that last verse and what Simeon had to say to Mary and it, and it brought to mind the passage in Luke 20:18, Whosoever shall fall upon that stone, and this is when the Lord was being spoken of, the, the head the head of the con- corner, the stone that was rejected. He said, Whosoever shall fall upon that stone shall be broken. When we fall upon Christ, Christ falls upon us, so to speak, when He comes with power. Will be broken. That's how. Boy, I tell you, you know, sometimes I chuckle at at those that are really close to me. I'll sit back sometimes and I'll say, Gosh, that pride, man, that pride. And the Lord points that finger right back to me. He says, Whoa, you think they got pride? Until I show you what you got. I need to be broken of that. The hardness and the unbelief. Oh, Lord. Break me down that way. But on whomsoever it shall fall, it will ground him to power. See, there's only only life in one. We've already touched on that a little bit. And that's what Christ is to His people. He is the Lord of life. He is life. And He is indeed our salvation. Dear Heavenly Father, May add thy power and thy clarity for thy name's sake. Would you be pleased this day, O Lord, to reveal thy Son as salvation to thy people in this hour now. Come with power, Lord, as only thou can, and fill our souls with thee for the glory of thee. For this I ask in Jesus' name.